The enemy has infiltrated this podcast. The enemy has infiltrated your internet. Only one more turn can save you. In this episode, we're taking one more turn with Beyond Good and Evil. Welcome to One More Turn, a classic gaming podcast that's always free to play. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Jim. Hi, Kevin. I've been kind of playing a lot of sequels lately, and it's made me think of like why I'm not playing new IPs, new games, games that I've never, I don't know the characters, I'm unfamiliar with the world or the play mechanic. And I was wondering... For you, for all of us ever out there, what kind of draws you to a new IP? What gets your dollars out for something you've never tried before? Something minty fresh, some fr- minty fresh and smooth IP. Well, thank you for asking me, the surrogate voice of the entire world, at least the entire world that plays video games, which, if numbers kind of indicate, is kind of the entire world by yeah, this point. sure, sure. I'm actually probably experiencing the other end of that. I have not played a sequel in some time because honestly, most games that continue to use characters or continue to use a world, most of them just generally don't do anything interesting with those characters or with that world. Like I said, in most cases, if a game is at least interesting enough to have this, to have a large risk and a budget being assigned to it, it's usually going to wrap everything up by the end mm-hmm. because there usually probably there won't be a guarantee of that sequel that you may get by a well-established platform. You know, let's say I have a new idea. Uh, we're going to introduce a whole new characters. Uh, we're going to talk about real world issues. Like uh, this is going to be a game that's we're going to do a platformer. Uh, it's going to be focused on uh, starvation and warlords controlling resources, but man, we're gonna make it bleak as all hell. Sounds like my kind of game. Uh, Sounds like your kind of game. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Ultimately, right? It's just gonna be, <laughs> it would be a spinoff of Dustin Elysian Tale. But for that sort of thing, like I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get a twenty, fifty million dollars from Idos or does Idos still exist? Uh, I think Square Bottom. So yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like, or like EA or something to to put that together this isn't going to be a new 2k game Mm -hmm. and so for that respect like it needs everything will need to get wrapped up there within one package also because if i'm the creative lead me at least for me personally i i like to move on i like to move on from things that i've that i've created you don't you're not going to get the george lucas syndrome where you create something very interesting and then you just hold on to it until you've squeezed any of the creativity out of it or any of the what made it exciting out of it. You don't want that situation. You want to you want to do your Warlord Starvation Simulator. Simulate Warlord Starvation Simulator 3000? Is that what we're calling this? Sure, or I can just make an 8-bit version of Black Hawk Down. <laughs> okay. And you want to move on to 8-bit Black Hawk Down. As soon as I accomplish something in my life that involved any sort of creative freedom or just any sort of i'll say creative interest then i'll be able to get back to you about my about being like george lucas 
<laughs> until then, <laughs> so until then, I'm going to live in this world of speculation and dreams. <laughs> if if you're George Lucas or whoever, uh, Michael Ansel, for example, with Raymond, we're talking about his game today and Beyond Good and Evil, and maybe you create the first one and it does well enough that U- Ubisoft or EA is like, hey, how's how's an extra how's an extra million dollars sound to make this sequel? Your paycheck. How does oh you know, my like, paycheck? I'm like that's not a lot of money to make a game. <laughs> no, no, here. not to develop for you, for you, just you, Jim. Here's an extra. Here's some extra scratch that we're gonna give you to stick around for the sequel. I would be tempted to put my creativity aside if it meant a nice payday. I I I, I admit that I don't. I, you know, I'm not an artist uh, <laughs> by yeah. any stretch. I need to have a right. wall. You are my, a business. You work in business. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, but getting back to to what makes you buy it. Our I per, yeah, it's, let's look at our purchases here. If you look at my purchase history, probably on Steam. No, it's it's mostly newer, or in my case, mostly independent titles. Mm-hmm. And I, there are probably some exceptions in there, but. A lot of independent titles, like things you'll pick up on maybe for ten dollars on Steam, they don't get sequels. Because Hotline usually... Miami too. You're tempted, aren't you? You hear Hotline Miami too, and you're like, "Ooh, that sounds kind of uh, interesting." You <laughs> got me. Right. You got me. Play <laughs> Q Sad Trombone dot MP3. I got caught here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, me for me, it's uh, for the IP things. I go through. I think I go through like waves. I think I like get tired of playing the same style. Like I want to play like one style kind of for a long time. And then I want to just see what somebody else did with that style in a completely new way. So like I've kind of gone back. Uh, There was a lot of uh, stuff on the Wii that just people just ignored, including myself. So I was like, oh, I'll go back and check some of these out. They're like five bucks. So I went and played uh, like Lost in Shadow which is this side-scrolling thing where you are a shadow. That, that's kind of where I'm at. Whenever I approach a new IP, I'm like, I, I'm one of two minds. I'm either, I want to try something from someone I've liked, stuff in the past from before that's new. You know, like if Ansel, for example, today came out with something, uh, I'd, I'd give it a try. Uh, Nintendo, some Miyamoto at Nintendo, I'd give it a try. I would not mean I'm going to like it. <laughs> it's probably because I'm tired of playing tram- trombones with my Wii music. Uh, or the other thing is I just want to like try someone totally new and just something just is just completely off about their twist on the platformer. You know? Right, right. It's like, oh, let's see what the Bastion team's doing. Like, oh, oh, which actually they have a game coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So I, I, that's how I'm. It's, it's hard. I know those. I know that sounds like all games in there. Well, those two minds encompass all games. It's basically indie and trusted developers. But I don't know. It's it's hard to, to to describe. I think I read a bunch of reviews. It's one of those things where it's like you gotta. There's so much hype in video games. It's sometimes hard to parse through that hype to find a gem that's actually worth playing that's new. Yeah, there's a couple other things in there. Is one I generally don't buy games new, or at least brand new. Neither do I'm, I. Not I'm strictly more. a I'm strictly a PC gamer right now. Not not for any political reason. It's just that's. That's just been my my choice. Yeah. Um, that's my lifestyle, Kevin, and I want you to appreciate <laughs> I that. I accept it. I'll accept right. it, Jim. Good. I, I like acceptance. <laughs> Tolerance, I would have called you out on. Acceptance. If you said you played arcade okay. games, we'd have a problem. Um, so I'm just going to hide my YouTube channel of Golden Tea scores. <laughs> okay. And we'll pretend I'll... that never happened. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say Frogger. But no. <laughs> no, no. Those Actually, people are a t- Nah, Tapper legend, man. I play Tapper till I get kicked out of the barcade because the bar because the bartender's afraid I'm gonna take his job. Oh man, root beer Tapper? Are we talking root beer Tapper? No, this is the Budweiser one that has oh, the, the like, real that has one. Everything has Budweiser written all over it. Oh, oh no, it's real. Oh, they, that's a sequel I'd love to play. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I thought it was just called. I thought it was just called like Soda Drinker, which I think is now coming to Xbox One. Oh, I hope so. Anyway, <laughs> well, there's now there's an I now there's a fresh IP, but uh, so ultimately like a lot of games. Well, first of all, so I don't I don't generally buy games that are fifty or sixty dollars. Well, mostly fifty because it's PC. But I mean, just out of principle, I think ultimately like, I'm not going to spend fifty dollars if I know it's like two months down the line it's going to be twenty. Mm-hmm. Also, I've been sticking more with in, with indie games for the last few years, really, and. And let's be honest, as I said, there's not you're not going to see many sequels in indie games where, honestly, in, in AAA titles, you see far, far more of them because mm-hmm. when a company's going to put that much money into into a franchise, they want there to be as low risk as possible. Yeah. Uh, similarly, it, I, I guess the only I guess the only situation where that may that maybe differ is a cooperative game, because I always feel like cooperative games, cooperative games are always a, a difficult buy uh, specifically to wait on while there are incentives at least for the steam generation uh to not want to pay fifty dollars for a game knowing that there will be an inevitable steam sale if you're missing out on a co-op game and waiting on it that has its own problems that's like waiting for a tv show uh to get off to get onto netflix which case people then just binge it because you are ultimately missing out on the discussion or at least you're missing out on the initial wave of people to experience that and for something like oh i don't that may not be as relevant for some for like a comedy show you know you you didn't have to just sit through like to catch 30 rock as it was brand new but i mean now you can binge it and it's still pretty hilarious because there weren't a lot of big discussions being had on it now granted for something like uh uh, like True Detective, that's something that's way di- that's far different. And cooperative games, those are meant to be experienced with people. By waiting on that, uh, whether it's going to be something like a Portal 2, Borderlands 2, I suppose, and games, here are cooperative games with sequels that um, greatly improved upon the first ones, that if you wait on those titles, you are then missing out on all of your friends who purchased it brand new who are probably not going to want to get back to it by the time a steam sale rolls around i'm gonna agree it's 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 a it's a, it's a social quality you know i can't uh i can't call people awful names on when i'm playing mario you know i can only call myself that whoa, whoa, <laughs> like... whoa, 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 whoa. have you played <laughs> super mario 3d world yeah i did yeah <laughs> i do call that's, that's awful all that things. game is it's just a cursing simulator <laughs> yeah Super Mario Cursing World, I like it. People already curse at their cats nonstop, and now you get to curse at someone in a cat suit. We'll be right back on One More Turd. Kevin, get your fucking cat off the screen. Welcome back to One More Turn, where for the first time in this show's history, we're thinking outside the strict moral binary. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. This week, Jim, we are playing Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil. 
the other series that Michael Ansel played or, or developed, not that's not called Raymond. Uh, series? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> well, it was meant to be a series when it came out. Uh, it was meant to be a trilogy, actually. I like uh, this, a one-game series. It's like being called a one-man gang. Yeah, this is a one-man crime spree. I'm a one-game series. <laughs> well, maybe it didn't blossom into a full series due to the fact that sales were very, very poor when this game came out. I, I hate to speculate on estimates, but uh, supposedly the within a month, this game was being knocked down in price about 80%. So you like buying used games? This would have been right up your alley in in, in the holiday two thousand three. Uh, given given that I purchased the game on GOG for four dollars anyway, I I feel it's right at home. Yeah, right. Uh, other other games released about the same time. You got Dark Cloud two, which I love. Dark Cloud two. I hope we do that. The game someday. is so hard. It is so hard. I, the first one's a little more streamlined. Uh, you got EverQuest kind of around this time. I think it's that like... That game more... is so hard. <laughs> Wind Waker. Enter what? The... <laughs> uh, I, I wrote these last two, but Enter the Matrix, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, because of the Pop fighting stuff. And Pop to Sot. The Pop to Sot, uh, Prince of Purge of the Sands of Time, because that's another Ubisoft game that came out in the same year. Do we have to put a footnote in this with a with a reference to our episode on that? <laughs> we have audio footnotes. <laughs> we can now. I think that's sure. episode seven of ours, right? It's the one that everyone listens to whenever they go through our back. <laughs> everyone in Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're right. very big in Luxembourg. Uh, the style of this game, I would call it somewhat open world 3d action platformer with some stealth elements that fits in a great quotation right on the box (laughs) yeah yeah that was that was the that was the 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 box review of this yeah kevin king from one more turn (laughs) podcast says this is a great open world 3d action platformer with stealth elements (laughs) that's what it was i mean that's that's it in a nutshell i mean it's a big nutshell but that's it in a nutshell Oh, uh, no, we're bordering on. This is like full on, like this is like cash. This is like double cashew. Yeah, this is beyond a pistachio here. Uh, <laughs> beyond pistachio, I think that's the sequel. <laughs> so the title, Beyond Good and Evil, it comes from Nietzsche, the philosopher Frederick Nietzsche, and I don't want to get into philosophical discussion, but basically the title, which name we are be- woefully unqualified to do. Woefully, wealth, what? Yes, very. I don't. I have no idea what I'm talking about here. But basically, from what I read, because I actually went and got this on Kindle and read the first couple chapters of Beyond Good and Evil, the book. Oh my god! It's <laughs> yeah. like you care. Research. Uh, uh, yeah. Basically, what he is describing is that mankind, that you know, philosophy being the sort of study of what possesses man to do what he does uh, the study of man and nature man's nature excuse me the previous philosophy that man is like inherently a miserable good, inherently pile of evil. secrets i thought it was a miserable pile of secrets <laughs> is that too <laughs> uh but basically what nietzsche is saying with with the phrase beyond good and evil is not that there's something better than good and evil is that man strives for something beyond these two this binary that that there's good and evil in the world but man is not concerned with those. He is, uh, it, I'm saying man, capital M, mankind. Uh, mm, the wrestler. Yes, yes. Uh, 
that he strives for for something beyond these beyond these two binaries. That he's just trying to go and become more powerful and become more powerful in his life and his circles and whatnot. That he does not think within this binary. That he thinks beyond these two terms. If that makes sense. Sort. Uh, this is still that's still vague enough for me. Again, who is. <laughs> Uh, well under-equipped to have any sort of serious Nietzsche conversation. Okay. Um, well, vague, vague is all what Nietzsche's all about, so don't worry about, <laughs> don't worry about that. Well, let's talk about implementation then. Uh, yes. This story is all about good and evil, so there's no really not a ton of shades of gray in this one. It makes me think that the trilogy was going to develop this idea a little bit more than what's in this first game. I was confused by a lot of that, actually. I mean, from the very, very beginning, you have the angel from Disgaea situation here. The very, very beginning, you see this report of, oh, the Alpha Squad going to save everybody. Isn't that awesome? And you just see the Alpha Squad. You're like, oh, they're the bad guys. Yeah. You just <laughs> oh, look yeah. at them. You look at them like you're the bad guy. Yeah, there's no, there's no like gray there. There's no like this guy might not be on my side. It is like no, he's evil. He's he's right. stormtroopers. They're stormtroopers essentially looking. You know. Yeah, like their logo is like this flaming giant flaming horned helmet. What what good guy does that? That like like that's something that you you put on as like your fable crest when you're twelve. Yeah, exactly. And and the story for the most part, even up until the end, really is dealing with essentially there are good guys. Uh, and some of those good guys are protecting the people of the world and lying to them. And there are, I'm sorry, there are good guys who are your squad, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and there are bad guys who are both trying to take over, the, not take over the world, just uh, take the power from the, take the souls out of the people, essentially, and go for eternal youth. Uh, and at the same time, these same people are in charge. They're the leadership of these, of this planet, of this world. So the only question mark that that the game that it even has in the game, and there's a very specific moment, or, or maybe year two, when uh, the main character Jade, which is a convenient name given that every part of her, aside from her skin, is green, mm-hmm. green hair, green lips, green eyes, green pants, clothing. Yeah, those are really sweet pants, by the way. Oh, they're pretty rad. Where she finally, where she first makes contact uh, with with Iris. And that would be you know, the rebel group Iris. So that's the leader in his tack in his floating taxi that's inside a floating limo. And there's a bizarre state in which she wants to investigate what is happening involving with the Alpha Squad, the bad guys. But yet she also is hesitant to join this group Iris because mm-hmm. they are basically levying accusations against this group that she always figured to be the saviors of the planet. And so she and herself has a, like, a very strong hesitance toward working with this rebel group, but at the same time is ready to just jump at anything they, rec- they suggest. It might be just a best of two bad options to her at that point. You know, pa- like she yeah, knows possibly. Alpha's not doing anything. So she's like, well, let me check this Iris group out. Maybe they got something for me. Right. So the entire time I'm playing through this game, I'm I'm wondering when I what's going to turn out that like oh actually the Dom are are they're pretty swell chaps. Yeah, they require some people's souls in order to live, but actually this Iris group, they're not so great themselves. And that but never that happens. Never, but that never came across. That never came about. No, they're 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 
Disney good. Like they're like a bunch of Disney characters. They're like completely pure and innocent and nice. And you're like, oh, yeah. I was. I did the exact same thing. I was like, okay, Iris. At some point, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get stabbed in the back. This is gonna be a, like a noir Grim Fandango situation. I was gonna bring up Grim Fandango. <laughs> so often in this episode not only not only for the rebel like, like the rebel plot line there also the the hispanic undertones and latin culture involved mm-hmm. yeah it's strange like you do wait for this other shoe to drop and then you wait and then it's like no this is just a traditional bad guy at the end and then you beat the bad guy and then the world is saved in the end or you know dot the end dot 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 see you know beyond bg and e2 right you know? right yeah it's you know it was the typical <laughs> you know three it was the typical 3d action game at the time is we're gonna have like this expanse beautiful world full of all sorts of crazy wildlife and then we're gonna throw in this really shitty last boss fight at you <laughs> well first off before we get into the boss fight can we talk about animals? Can we talk about photographing animals? Yes, it's great. I want to talk about photographing <laughs> animals. So as a as a former journalist myself, I was like all into this game because this is basically what's supposed to be like an action journalist hero kind of thing. So I'm like, sweet. Instantly is- uploading pieces in order to make a thousand dollars. Yeah. The payment the payment uh, was a little farcical. Oh, someone's just gonna pay me a thousand dollars for this photo? That that never happens. It's more like ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, pay a thousand dollars for this thing that is where all you can see is its jaws latching upon your leg. <laughs> yeah, but it was, but that was kind of fun. Like it had a nice little like when you're taking all the photos of not just gathering evidence to be published in a newsletter later. Which, by the way, inter- it, the the internet was around. Newsletters were long dead, people in two thousand. I mean, you can you can still buy magazine subscriptions from that one guy in town. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I subscribe to that newsletter. I'm just saying. I'm yeah, big animals. The so. Iris Network was. Yeah. Me Look, too. Quick aside. Quick aside. How are you typically for taking photo for having a game in which a camera and taking photos is used? As a as a major mechanic, or maybe not even major mechanic, but even like a minor side mechanic, because they had it in Wind Waker as well. This game has a lot of similarities to Wind Waker, uh, coincidentally. I never I never do it unless I have to, honestly. Unless there's something, unless there's something I can achieve by it, you know, mm-hmm. and and that something is worth it. <laughs> uh, like if it's just like a weapon, I'm like I don't care. I'll take fifty photos if I can get like a, more energy or something. That's worth my while as a player. I'll I'll do it, but I'm not a usually a big fan of that. I think it's kind of weird that like mm-hmm. you're sword fighting someone and all of a sudden pulling your camera out and taking right. a picture of it. Sure, you know? sure. And then all of a sudden, like the Bioshock people are upset at you because you're taking pictures of corpses and not living things that are trying to breathe fire on you or whatever. Not. Yeah, right. I I actually really like the camera system in in Beyond Good and Evil because it wasn't a major distraction from the actual gameplay itself. Like, yeah, I generally wasn't thrilled to take photos in, like, middle of combat, but I really enjoyed being able just to explore the environment because the environment in this game is gorgeous. Like, the atmosphere in this game is absolutely beautiful, and being able to kind of just pick around and explore a little bit to find some cool frogs or, oh, look, there's some, you know, fish jumping out of the water as you hover, as you hover, 
craft around. Like those mm. are all such cool motions. You're like, yeah, I want to catch this. I want to catch this snapshot. I want to catch this moment. I want to Pokemon Snapchat this. I just want to get everything. Pokemon Snapchat. <laughs> you got an N64. It sounds like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have an N64 and an, and an unhealthy addiction to an iPhone app. Uh, uh, I yeah I like the, the photography yeah I I agree the photography in this thing didn't bug me mostly because they integrated it pretty well into the game and because you're kind of doing the semi stealth elements to this game it kind of felt like you were sneaking around and taking photos and kind of right. being this like investigative journalist kind of thing and the rewards uh, were pretty were pretty powerful too for a decidedly minimal amount of work yeah you get a lot of dough you get a lot of money for taking a photo and you need a lot of that money to buy hearts and health essentially also get... film is not a limited resource like i believe it kind of is in bioshock <laughs> right uh no it's it's you have like five you have five pictures that you can just take for your own personal gratification in this too it's kind of nice mm-hmm. it's just five. <laughs> in case you want to snapchat it to your pig friend <laughs> right yeah in case you want a nice shot of page uh, and they well, he does incorpor- wave every time you, you point your camera at him. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I don't think Double H Double H kind of poses, puts his neck up a little bit, but he doesn't uh he doesn't quite have the the wave at the camera that Paige has, which is pretty fantastic. No, he's he's not as endearing. No, no, no. Nothing- he's still like he's still like that comic book hero character and like, ugh, just lose it, dude. Your brain's gone. <laughs> Literally gone in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so getting back to the bo- last boss fight being shitty. Uh, the reason it's shitty <laughs> uh, is because they do that great thing that all developers decide to do is like, hey, we're going to completely change the controls on you here at the very last minute and try to get you to in the most important fight of the game. Uh, doesn't see, that doesn't seem like something that a lot of developers do. Well, they're going to or they're going to completely change the controls. You know, I think we've referenced uh, 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 Dante and... Uh, uh, a devil may cry a few times turning into I think that's different shooter. that's different cuz that's like an entirely new game that's an entirely new like game mode here mm. um in this case like no you're still you're still playing through the same you're still using all the same mechanics that you've used throughout throughout the game in order to complete all your challenges it's just now they just flip the controller on you for some reason yeah and it's i kind of get it it's supposed to be like a you a representation of your at the time, Jade's soul is being kind of pulled out of her body and being screwed with. And it's supposed to be a control, physical representation of that, her losing her facilities. But it's annoying. It's really annoying. Just use the it. rumble feature on the controller. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's the equivalent. It's the equivalent of that. The boss fight, when they switch the controls on you, all of a sudden he attacks faster. So not only is everything reversed, but you have to do it like super quick. You have to do it quicker than you. you have, your reactions have to be faster in reverse. So I was not a fan. I yeah, didn't that's think that lame. was cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I also feel the same way about a last boss that just summons minions. That they were just like the weakest guys in the game that, to just fight you. Well, yeah. he just chills in the back. As a matter of fact, he fights, summons the same guys that were literally the first enemies of the game. The thing that you tutorialed off of, which actually, pretty sweet tutorial. I like, I think I've said this before, any game that just kicks you right into the action, where it's just up here you are, just Tai chi on this hill, and then just, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, they did, they, yeah. Start they, bashing the noggins there, Jade. Yeah, leave, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that too, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. The last boss is switching the controls. Come on, what? What? I know it's 2003, but come on, <laughs> go 
<laughs> come on. Right, now. we've survived Y2K, so come on. <laughs> we'll be right back on One More Turn. Welcome back to One More Turn, where our psycho karma is just a little bit altered. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Kevin, I have a, I have a couple questions for you about about the characters in this game, or specifically, like, the important ones, which there's really only two. Yeah. And there's Jade and there's Paige. That's... I feel like almost everyone else is kind of a throwaway. I don't... I didn't think Double H was all that interesting. No. He's just your um, typical blockhead kind of Yeah. Soft. I mean, some of the other characters... I thought, like, the characters, I think, had way better, like, artistic design. A lot of the characters in this game are, like, anthropomorphic animals. Kind of like in the Breath of Fire 2 vein. Yeah. The... Audio footnote. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, people so, arms and lo- people people bodies, animal heads. Animal heads, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, that friggin' shark. That shark at the... What's the game where you're sliding the things around? That game was so fucking infuriating. I hate that, I hate that shark oh, so much. Oh, not Francis. Rufus. Rufus is one, too, but he's a, he's a Francis, driver. I think it is. Francis, that's it. I'm like, Francis! It's like a bad uh, uh, air hockey game, where it's like if you played air you know, hockey... I- but like, no, no, I, yeah, it's like a combination of air hockey and crossfire. Yes, um, it's just it's so infuriating. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Tried, I tried. I couldn't even. I couldn't even score in training mode. I'm like, I'm just gonna get a pearl out of this. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm never getting that jump drive. No, no, no. Although they're just giving out pearls by the end of this game. By the way. Yeah, so I know, right? It's I mean, like they just. A little bit of that is like, uh, and this I think speaks to something of the characters too, is Wind Waker, when it came out, a lot of people had a problem with how big that game was. And so Michael Ansel read those reviews, supposedly. I read some some stories on this, and he was like, he cut a lot of the game out at the end. Like, we're talking like they're months from being releasing, and he cut back a lot of the game. Apparently, this was supposed to be a lot bigger world, a lot more like exploration, but he saw some of those ne- the negative feedback to Wind Waker and maybe got a little decided to kind of cut a lot of that out. And it's possible he probably cut a lot of the character stuff out as well, like a lot of the plot lines. Maybe even there was probably subplot lines that just got completely, you know, taken away. I see. I would think about that. Would, that would be more. I mean, I feel like a more responsible developer would focus more on the quality of those components. But I, I don't know. We're already give. I feel like. In 2003, I feel like game length is not a thing that people are going to argue about in terms of their 3D action-adventure games. I mean, even, like, now, this may not be a perfect analogy. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably going to be horrible. But when, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are revered as, like, some of the top movies of the last, like, five years, and they're all far too long. And that rarely gets brought up here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that, like, if your product is quality, you're allowed to have some downtime in there. Yeah. That was supposed to be the argument with this. It's supposed to be one main plot thread. Supposedly, there's going to be one main plot thread throughout. But then you just have the option, like a lot of games, just to explore whatever you wanted to. Sure. And there was a little bit of that, at least specifically mm-hmm. early on. Like, I, there were a few little small caves that you could get to, like really only once you had found the the, the wire cutters. They would just have small little pearls in it. I mean, there was you know some side things. There was the racing, which felt shockingly easy, yeah, at least really compared easy. to the fucking shark crossfire game. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, Damn. there was also the like the flight at the end. You get a spaceship, and it's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. The controls on the ship are great. It's like I in contrast people... to the rest of the game. Yeah, like they're it's really well controlled. It's really tight controls on this flight on this uh, spaceship. They give you basically two space flights, but like by then you've kind of already gathered as much as you could gather. So you don't get a ton of time to really explore the world with this ship. It's sort of like you're rushed to the end as soon as you get this awesome thing that should have been available mm. way earlier, you know? Right. Uh, it's keeping it more directed than, like, say, Zone of the Enders audio footnote. <laughs> oh, you should bring up the Killer7 uh, comparison. <laughs> I'll do that later. But a lot's cut, so then all of a sudden you're you're left with, you know, the core characters, which is basically, like you said, Paige and Jade, and they have this great relationship. It's basically like uncle, niece, adopted daughter kind of situation. Sort of. More about this kind of early on, kind of before we learn Paige's Paige's secret from space, uh, that she doesn't treat him all that kindly. I mean, it's a, I guess it comes from a nice place, but like in some areas, and like she's like where he just says like, "Wow, you really saved me," and she just goes, "Shut up." It's a playful. It's a playful banter. It's playful banter. It's kind of like when you told my cat to get the fuck off the screen. <laughs> uh, it's that. It's that's what it's supposed to be. It doesn't always come across that way. It is pretty. You're not. Your page is taken away fairly quickly uh, uh, in terms of the rest of the game. Yeah, uh, I think he's only about in it a third, and then he's taken away, and then you're kind of yeah for for a predominantly for a prominent amount. Which honestly, uh, if you still had any of the the life the little extra life gauges on him when that left they're gone oh yeah it oh, sucks. oh oh mm, not getting that life back but i actually didn't really miss seeing him go because it the computer controlled ai characters during combat it just felt like doing escort missions grant i never yeah. had any really problem with keeping him alive like the game in itself i thought was well I th- okay i thought the game was pretty easy for the most part yeah some of the stealth mission the stealth missions i had problems with more so because the controls were such jank and the camera was just freaking the hell out but for the most part i thought the game was pretty easy although it just feel like i was just babysitting whatever my ai companion was doing yeah they're they're really only worth in battle is to stun everybody on the screen for a second with the with the Y, you hit Y and they pound the ground and everybody raises off right. the ground and they you now you have a and then moment. you do some weird and you do this matrix maneuver which I, after the third time like yeah I get it but yeah they, and the only other thing after that is is a uh, is when you use them to open and unlock a door essentially yeah. they they don't they don't have good combat skills you have to rescue them a lot and there's a reason why there are large parts of of levels where you're just by yourself sneaking around. And, and fighting on your own, because I think the developers kind of knew pretty right. quickly. <laughs> I mean, you're, the, you're, you're, a nimble, you're a nimble hero. And like all the other characters that, that you come across, um, maybe, maybe, should we say, lack the dexterity to get into some of the, the little narrow corridors and, uh, and places that you... Although I have to say, they are, while they may not be dexterous, they are quite agile. Mm-hmm. Especially when, when you see, like, Paige running around through swinging lightning spewing cables and the like i think overall while i may kind of question uh maybe maybe jade's relationship with Paige, uh this is still a really good portrayal of a friendship 
Mm-hmm. Like these are good friends. I believe, I believe that these are friends. And honestly, I don't, I don't see that very often. I, like, I think you're, you've been saying, you've been mentioning Wind Waker a couple of times. The vibes I got from this game were more in line with like Ratchet and Clank. Probably, you know, less on the the comedic end than than those. Yeah. Um, I, I, did, to... I feel like it did a much better job of uh, kind of having that you know, main character and sidekick relationship better than the Ratchet and Clank, better than your Jack and Daxter did because there was, there was heart there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a real, it's not an adversarial relationship and there's a, there's a deeper relationship there that you kind of see. Like she often, you know, they hug when they meet each other. There's a very, oh, there's a love there. Let's be honest. There's a love right. there. And, and, and they, they characterize it very well in this game, mostly because the whole story focuses at, basically on them too anyway you know it's them together the whole time and then it's jade trying to save Paige the whole rest of the game so you do kind of feel you know that 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 bond that they share uh you don't feel it when double h rolls around he always feels like an interloper to 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 you know he feels like an outsider when uh when you hook up with him and become when well, I hook up with him that way <laughs> when he becomes your partner in the game deviant he, art search <laughs> he becomes he doesn't you don't feel that closeness with him you kind of develop it but like it always feels a little more hollow than the Jade Page relationship oh certainly yeah certainly I think well it was never I guess shown I, I guess at one point they do they do mention. Uh, you get the laser disc from him mentioning, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, I raised, remember how I raised you as a child? I'm like, ah, you know, you didn't need to tell me this game. Yeah. But you, because you could kind of identify that, like, oh, these two have been hanging out for a long time. Uh, kind of getting back to some of their banter, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up real quick. This may be a, I don't want to say this is a writing critique and a lot of science in some science fiction that I see when they, when characters in science fiction, specifically in future and far off worlds, make analogies or or metaphors or just like wordplay that we get now in the modern context that I don't know if could possibly exist light years and light years away, hundreds, if not thousands of years later, when because at some point, at one point, Paige makes has a line uh, that says, like, well, I'm on this, like, bees on honey. And, like, bees are going extinct now. Are, there, are we talking about space bees making space honey? Well, Why two, isn't that a metaphor? There's two things I want to address here. One, I'm glad you didn't bring up his fart pants, his, his, his ventilation for his fart pants. Correct. Yeah, I, <laughs> this is why I don't believe you can actually use the, the jumping boots. Uh, two, if you uh, uh, in the credits, the post-credit scenes, there are space bees. There's there's wow. a scene yeah there's a scene where it's it's there's actually it just scrolls to the left they're back home and there's a wall and there's a bunch of photos on the wall because you took your Jane you take a bunch of pictures because you're good at taking photos right and it's pictures of bees attacking Double H and then there is a bee like insect in the camera very up close to sort of highlight that bees attacked yes yes <laughs> I love bees attacks in games but okay. Uh, one of this was another thing in the language that was being used here. So we mentioned before that a lot of the characters in this game, or like the, a lot of the NPCs, are just are anthropomorphized, anthropomorphic <laughs> animal dudes. Rangers. <laughs> I said it once before. Um, 
Yeah, a bunch of animal animal folks. And normally people are just generally okay with that. I mean, the sharks are kind of are, are spoken about under hushed tones mostly. But you know, strangely, the, there's the rhinos running the the garage, and they're all Rastafarian for some reason. And it seems like they, everyone seems to have like a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. Why does P like then? Why do Jade and Paige exchange a lot of dialogue involving eating Paige? <laughs> there's a lot of it. <laughs> well, uh, I have no idea. Like, like I believe like he he's is like the cook only his bacon. pig person in the game. Is it By the way, yeah, the last I of- noticed. I noticed this too. There's all these like animal people, uh, like you said, animal folk. No animals. I mean, I mean, there are animals there's that you, shoot you take photos of. of. There's a what? lot of ones you take pictures of. But they're like, but they're like, not the anthropomorphized animals. Like it's a lot of fish. It's a lot of amoebas. It's a lot of insects. There's, There's not like, like a, a pig. Mice. You never come There's across like the a rats, pig. The rats that you don't kick to death. <laughs> right. Right. There's rats. There's there's white rats. But yeah, there's there's real animals and there's anthropomorphized animals. And then there's human beings. By the way, diverse racial cast, by the way. I kind of enjoyed that. Seeing like every, every, every uh, human race kind of represented here. Uh, even though they made the... Rhino's Rastafarian for some weird, weird reason, uh, 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 but uh, but yeah, I I was confused by that too. Like, wait, do we eat pigs? Is this a world that eats bacon? Some for some reason, are there real right. pigs? Are there bacon is pigs? mentioned. Pork is mentioned. Yeah, uh, like there's a lot of talk in this about about him being eaten, and they joke about it. And like the amount that they're joking that they are comfortable in talking about this, <laughs> I feel like this is something that most people would probably in this world probably find offensive right. but they're but i guess they're okay with it cuz like oh they grew up together and he's just he's joking about it plus <laughs> he's a mechanic so i assume he's got a dirty mouth anyway this is our word is what Paige tells him this is our word <laughs> pork yeah. is our word bacon yeah the b word pork is our word <laughs> she could say it cuz i i raised her she could say it this is our mm-hmm. word so uh so kevin do you want to want to talk about our final thoughts here yeah 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 I played this one all the way through. I, I liked it. I wasn't wild about the ending because it just leaves it open for a sequel. I see where it got oh, the sorry, critical. Do you think, sorry, do you think Paige is going to be the new, uh, the new high priest? <laughs> yeah, so it ends with him getting the, the weirdo mark on, the, the left hand black, the mark of the whatever on his hand. The mark of the doms, I think it is, on his hand, and he's obviously going to be corrupted. I liked that. I hated that being a secret ending because I thought that opened up the sequel to be more of this ambiguity. You know, you had a good person turning evil. You have a potential there for this beyond good and evil subject to actually be explored. (laughs) Uh, But ultimately, I just thought fun game, interesting characters. I could see why it got a lot of praise at the time. A lot of it just to me, smelled of just sort of your typical 3D platformer of the time. Um, beautiful. Like I said, music's great. Beautiful to look at. Very oh, the music well music is looking fantastic. Like, yeah. this is one of the best soundtracks I have heard in quite some time. I will go, I will go back on our discussion of how we listen to video game music. Audio footnote. Um, and <laughs> I will go listen to this soundtrack right freaking now, or after our recording sesh here, uh, and just jam out because it is it is really good music you could thank christophe haral for that thanks he, christophe haral I, I think maybe it might be christophe because he's french 
Uh, but it's basically Christopher without an R. That's uh, how you say his name. But uh, yeah, uh, very well polished, very well put together. Apparently, it was only like a team of thirty who did this. It wasn't a big, you know, it wasn't a, the massive, you know, team that that make three D games today. It was just a smaller group led by Encel. But I I played it and I wasn't blown away. Like I felt like I was supposed to be. Um, I felt the story, the characters were great, but the story was your typical good guy, bad guy stuff. Uh, I don't know. What were you, what, what, what were your thoughts on it? So what, what did you play it on? Xbox, uh, 360. I played the HD version. So oh, as okay. gorgeous as it was, it was even prettier. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> HD version. See, here's the thing. Um, I played the PC version of this game and I know, I believe PC was not the initial was not the original system that it came out on. I believe was it originally an Xbox release? It was Xbox PS2. I think it was Xbox, PlayStation, and then GameCube later. Okay. But yeah, basically that. Basically, that's what it came out for. So this game uh, was one of the most frustrating ports that I have had to deal with in some time uh, for a game, probably since Dark Souls One. Honestly, um, the controls in this game were really bizarre the menu controls Mm -hmm. like the menu controls you had to use w and s and then left click to enter so it's like very clearly like using the stick to uh like the stick and buttons in order to it's trying to simulate that a lot just in general a lot i i don't know what your what the controls were like again on the xbox version i can guarantee you they were it's just it's made bad, for, if not worse. It's made for dual sticks, but the camera was still an issue. The camera. See, and here's terrible. the thing: there's no controller support in the PC version. What? Like I try, yeah, right. <laughs> you would think that it would, but there it's was ma- no. It's, in this it, is a game was, made for a controller. It needs correct, a controller, and there's no in it controller support on the game. There's no that, keyboarding and there were tech, in this game. That and there were just like visual and technical glitches just all over the game. For a large part of it, there was just the letters R S T E just blinking in the corner, and I was wondering if I was just on like the the final round of Wheel of Fortune this entire time. Like there <laughs> were, I I kind of. I, I, I legitimately, I put in my notes that my UI is flickering a lot, and I don't know if it's just because this is supposed to simulate this, you know, this, um, you know, this Don Flamenco character in my, uh, in my UI, and I just have some really shitty intelli- like, I just have some shitty devices here. I'm like, no, I think this is actually problems, like, physical, visual problems with the game. These are <laughs> yeah. graphical glitches here. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know what that is. That's, that didn't happen to me. I said, after a certain point, like, I was trying to fix it. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of dig this. <laughs> like, given that I'm supposed to be having, I'm supposed to have, like, this scanner and this U, like and this AI buddy. I assume this UI is part of all of this machinations. I like this idea that it's just always on the fritz. <laughs> so maybe that did con- maybe that did contribute to my enjoyment so, of this game. Something for Paige to fix down the line, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And so while I'm fighting with that the entire time, um, some quick thoughts here. Uh, the stealth sections sucked. I did not care for them whatsoever. Mostly because I had a camera that I should feel like I should have streamed portions of this because there are sections where I'm trying to sneak away from the Alpha Squad and the camera is centered at my feet. Yeah, like you all need... I could legit, I couldn't see the top half of my body or anything above the uh, the cover that so I was taking. When you go into cover on the console side, you just push down on your right click, and it just sh- shows you everything around the cover, 
and you can see everywhere you need to go. And you're, it's like way, way, it's like it gives you a visual of what you need to do. Yep. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> so, have yeah. that. Yeah. I was just looking at my feet, literally looking <laughs> at my feet. Some like, passwords what am I supposed on your, to do with this? Jump shoes. And which is weird because I also was running into difficulties that uh, Grim Fandango had as well, where sometimes there would be screen jumps at very inopportune moments. So I would be while well, I would be holding forward to move forward, after a screen cut, the camera perspective would change, and I would immediately be running backward into the screen I just came from. And sometimes by just holding forward, I tested this, I would just continually run back and forth between screens. <laughs> it's like a Benny Hill segment. <laughs> oh, it was not, not even. This was the anti-Benny Hill because I'm just running back and forth through the same door. That being said, the weird physical and technical glitches that, I'm run- that I was running on with, I did enjoy this. I had not played this before. And, yeah. um, and honestly, I hadn't really even heard much about it when it had come out. I mean, I, I recognize the box art mostly because I think this was in a bin that I think like one or two of my friends had played and kind of liked, which I, I feel like this is a bin that also has like Psychonauts in it, mm-hmm. um, which may cover right. in a later one. Future mm-hmm. footnote. Um, <laughs> I felt like the main, ca- I really dug the main characters and their relationship with one another. I thought the, so, some of the, the storytelling in this was very heavy-handed, as you said. Like it was, there was no beyond good and evil. There was good. There was evil. We were, we were still stuck there. We mm-hmm. weren't going beyond that truck stop. I, I will say this: towards on the beyond good and evil part, uh, or the good and evil story, towards the end, there are little shades of like them starting to paint some grays. Specifically, you meet the bad, the bad guy, the human bad guy, and he is dying. And you're like, you know, turning off a tractor beam and he's dying and you as Jade do not help him. You like do not assist him at all. You're just like, peace out, asshole. And you leave and your your two buddies are like, hey, was there anybody else up there? And you're like, nope, nobody was up there. (laughs) Not anymore. Like it gets like very like she kind of is starting to go dark and getting jaded, Jim. I've been holding on to that one for so long. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) See, I was going to come in here that... And for, so first of all, there's a couple of things. And one is, so I imagine you can stealth by, I imagine you can stealth by all of the Alpha Guards or the Alpha Squadron. Uh, I chose yeah. not to. And the way that they die is horrifying. <laughs> Where you just like, you knock, you knock their gas, t- you knock their jump tanks so that it starts filling up their suit with gas, with, with whatever chemical it is. <laughs> and then you just like kick them and they rock it off and explode. I'm yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. That is terrifying. That is not good. That is not no. something a good person does. Not at all. Not at all. It is, but it's necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like some of the, the other illusions in this game I felt were kind of, again, also a little blatant. You know, Jade being a character. Like, we can talk about the colors real quick. So, you know, as I said, everything about her is green. Really, the only other thing that's predominantly green are the Dom, are the bad guys. And at the very beginning of the game, when you're going through the tutorial and you get little and you get stabbed by the little eyeball and his little creepy dealies, mm-hmm. uh, you get this really brief flash where it just says, come home. And I'm like, oh, she's got some, you know, here I am, literally 15 seconds into the game, or not 15 seconds, you know, like five minutes into the game, and I'm already like, okay, she's somehow connected to all of these bad guys due to 
her color scheme, her name, this weird moment with these bad guys, and just that's just not addressed then mm-hmm. for the entire most of the game. Of the ga- yeah, like yeah. most of the game until you get to the very end. You're like, oh, secretly she's got the special power that the high priest man wants to eat. Like, ugh, really? <laughs> like you're gonna hold off? You're gonna check like check off soul me for this long? So there's so there's some very frustrating things with this game, but at the same time, there's also a lot of things that I dig here. Again, yeah, I like I like taking pictures of animals, like the combat I didn't really particularly like, the characters I thought were really cool. I'm with you. A on lot this. of a, a lot of the side a lot of the side stuff then just wasn't particularly enthralling. But then also the soundtrack's this. fucking amazing. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you on this. I had reservations after playing, it, but I like I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was great. Or not great. I still I still had fun playing it, which is weird considering how much issue I had with parts of it. So it's enjoyable. So if you're gonna play it, you know that it's an enjoyable experience ultimately. Right, right, right. Just know that if you play the PC version, good luck. Thank you for listening. One More Turn is produced, created, and hosted by Jim Staholsky and Kevin King. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please email us at onemoreturnpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please help us out. Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on Stitcher. A good rating will help us out a lot. If you have any comments or questions for Mace, directly you can tweet me at, at King Sorbo. Jim is... At Fuzziest Kitty. IED is courtesy of Pixel Hate off his album and the Revolution. You can find more of his music at pixelh8.co.uk. Blue Pain is courtesy of Breakbeat Heartfeet and the Waveform Generators off his album 2206. You can find more of his music at soundcloud.com slash breakbeat heartbeat. Kevin, Kevin, what are we going to be doing next week? Next week, Jim, is show and tell. Show and tell.